Hello, listeners. This is Parenting is a Joke. I'm a soggy cereal, now with fiber, named Ophira Eisenberg. And on the show, we bring together professional funny people and stand-up comedians to talk about their careers, being creative, and how they are managing as a parent. Yeah, how the fuck are they doing it? Right now, my son loves to talk to me in excruciating detail about a video game he's playing. Like, he goes on and on and on about every bit, all the minutiae of it. It is so boring. And immediately transports me back to college, to hours of my life spent talking with guys. Actually, them talking at me about music that they're into or a record that blew their mind. It starts early, people. My eight-year-old is already mansplaining Roblox to me. But instead of doing what I did in college, which was letting my eyes glaze over and wonder how much longer I had to endure this one-sided conversation before we make out, I just say to my son, great, cool, can you stop talking for a minute and eat your dinner? It's getting cold. It's all getting cold. On today's episode, I talk to comedian Liz Glazer about so many things, including how funny things still manage to happen, even in our darkest moments. In the hospital, things started happening that were funny, and I was writing them down. Like gallows humor ridiculousness. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I had like a, a note on my phone that said, way too soon. And it was like all this stuff that was happening. You know, and <laughs> wait. <laughs> More with me and Liz Glazer after these tiny ads. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Recently, I was asked, what is the biggest risk you've taken? And you know they want you to answer things like, when I put myself out for that job, or when I climbed Machu Picchu. But I'll tell you what it is for me. It's having a kid, hands down. And I don't mean just the old, I was pregnant over 21 years old, so I was medically high risk. 
That's the age cutoff, right? No, but from like a social, emotional, career, life point of view, it was the riskiest thing I've ever tried to do. Also because I never paid one second of attention to children or the idea of being a parent. Zero until I was pregnant. So I still feel just so behind. So behind. And you know what? I love the positive affirmations about parenting that roll through my Instagram. You know, the ones like, the fact that you're even worrying about your child makes you a good parent. Hmm. No, it doesn't. Just because I worried about my exams in high school, did it make me a better student? No. When I worry about how I'm going to do on a show, does it make me a better performer? Not at all. No. You know how many leaps I've done where the net did not appear? (laughs) I just fell. Yeah. You still got to do the work, people. Okay? I've known our guest, Liz Glazer, and her wife for a little while, and Liz has a remarkable story. You know how you hear the word resilience just way too much? It almost has lost meaning. Not in this case. Liz really embodies that word. And we talk about a lot of very heavy stuff in our chat, including how her first child died tragically at birth. So to prepare for talking to her, I started doing a bit of reading to just find the right ways to talk about a big loss. And I found myself coming across that very short, sad poem attributed to Ernest Hemingway. It's just six words. Uh, You know it. It reads, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. And I was reading it over and over and thinking about it. And finally, I just came to this moment of, this is not necessarily about loss. Because babies do not need shoes. They don't wear shoes. Because guess what? They don't walk. You are never going to find a pair of baby shoes that has wear and tear on them. They don't need them. Whoever buys these shoes, you have no idea about babies. You just wasted your money. You could have given something that the parent could totally use, like nipple cream or a night nurse or some lasagna for the freezer. Of course they're never worn, and they should be sold, but don't buy them. No one should buy them. You know who the real villain of this poem is? The makers of baby shoes. That is a bullshit, ridiculous product that nobody needs. So stop mansplaining us with your lack of baby apparel knowledge, Hemingway. Ernest. Ernest Hemingway had four wives and a drinking problem and a bunch of kids. But I guess he never noticed that babies... Do not wear shoes. That's my thought. I'll never know. I'll never know. But you know what I do know. I know you're going to love this conversation with the very funny Liz Glazer. So let's get right to it. My guest today is a stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and uh, she is also a tenured law professor. (laughs) She has appeared on ABC, NBC, CBS. Uh, She has a fantastic comedy special called A Very Particular Experience. Thank you. She's currently writing a pilot about her own life. It's a fabulous Liz Glazer. Thank you, Ophira. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so let's just get our listeners up to speed. Yes. Because you have a relatively new baby. What is is the age of your baby at this point? So my baby is five months and like... 
She'll be, please God, six months on Saturday. <laughs> yes. I slept in this morning because, like, last night I got home late from shows. And this morning it just wasn't happening. And I feel terrible because my wife has mono right now. Oh, Which I, I was just talking about this in therapy. I'm like, I didn't Does... know that was still a thing. Yeah, apparently. And I feel so bad because I'm like, did my wife get mono because I... Brought it do. into the house? Yeah. Well, I, like, I always... Well, I would blame your kid in daycare on that one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, start blaming the kid. <laughs> I always feel bad. And I know that that's like a feature of parenthood, but also it's a feature of mehood. You know, that's that's my Olympic event. Right. Feeling bad. <laughs> Are you doing any of the, I don't know, like... Little baby music classes, yes. or yeah, which one yeah. do you like? So we do there. It's called Maestro Tales, <laughs> and it's at. I love it. I did it too with like a guy <laughs> yeah. with guitar. They all loved him, and totally. then he would fly her for birthday parties. Oh. I was, yeah, it doesn't matter that she doesn't know any of the words because she doesn't know words. But the actors last class were like, okay, and everybody knows the words to this song. And like me and a bunch of the parents were like, I don't know the words. Do you know the words? No. And so it's like that kind of thing where um, they, I mean, they sing Old MacDonald. I do know the words to Old MacDonald. So surprising. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that song. Yeah. But it really has lasted the test of time. It has. And they really slam these farm animals down kids' throats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so we do that. She's, she's like, um, she's a really chill baby. I mean, it's just luck. Allegedly, her donor is really into music. Oh. Um, according to his baseball card, he's like an audio engineer, composer, could be DJ. I don't know. Could be DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. With your donor, did you, yeah. um, did they say we would have contact, no contact? Was- so I think when she's, when my daughter's 18, she can elect to like get in touch or something like that. Um, that. We're a part of a donor registry because that's a thing. Uh, we get notifications when she has more siblings. So I think she has six siblings that we know of. Wow. Isn't that wild? Wow. Okay. So it's kind of like my thought is we'll know this information because knowing things isn't bad. And then should she desire to know more than whatever. She likes. Yeah. But like my view is like I'm not getting her further tested. Like I'm not doing stuff like that without her consent. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like it's like on a need to know basis. Did you always want to have kids? No. I mean, <laughs> I I mean, I think my favorite form of birth control used to be lesbianism, really. Yeah. You know, because I remember, I mean, I dated a guy in college. And so I remember every single month I was like, I'm so nervous that I'm pregnant. And when I decided, I mean, I say decided to date women, like, I always knew I was gay, but like, Whatever. You know, I don't I don't like am I born this way? Maybe. I have no fucking clue. Right. But like um, when I started dating women, one of the main points of relief was not having to worry that I was pregnant every single month. (laughs) And that was a big one. You know, Um, so, you know, like I'm really just doing this for my uh, anxiety level (laughs) on fertility. Yeah. Well, I have a joke that I say on stage that sometimes I don't know if I'm more lesbian or anxious. And really, that stems from a fear of pregnancy. Now, that being said, I in the time that I've dated women, I don't think I dated any woman who didn't want kids. 
And so, yeah. So you were the anomaly. I think so. Wow. And And I don't know that I didn't want that. I was never like, I don't want kids. I've always liked kids. And everybody who I, like my friends from high school who are, you know, my close like group of friends, they all have kids. They had kids like relatively young. And I guess like at some point I got old enough that I was like, so I'm not putting things in motion for this. I'm not an unmotivated person in general, so there must be something about having kids that I want less than having a career or doing whatever because I'm not doing the stuff. Yeah, I'm not actively pursuing yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. So, so then you met, you married a rabbi. I did. Yeah. I must point out, which <laughs> I, I find kind of fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Karen yeah. Glazer. Yeah. Perlman. Yeah. Yeah. Is a rabbi. She is. Uh, is she Does she lead a congregation? She sure does. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And what's her style of rabbying? She, I don't I don't I don't even know if that's the right way to ask. I no, know. I think, it's, yeah. yeah okay. I, I understand the question. I mean, I mean, I am Jewish, so I should know this, but I'm like style is a weird no, but I think it's a, I think it's a good question. And I think it's like similar to a style of writer or a style yeah. of performer or whatever. Like Karen is the best person in the sense of like Karen. I mean, it's unfortunate that her name is Karen because it's a rough season <laughs> yeah, it's a rough Karen. for Karen. Yeah. I think it's going down. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, she is a great one, and and I say that because it's like I don't know. Like she's the person who remembers to get the card. She remembers everybody's name and every every kid's name. And I think that, like, she's she's very smart. She's a really good writer. She's a really good speaker. She's an avid reader. And so in that sense, like, she's a rabbi. She's a scholar. You know, she she's always reading. She's always learning. And, like, for me, this was the ideal mate for mm. sure because I remember this was the relationship that I was in just prior to Karen and I meeting. Um it was, you know, not great for many reasons. Like, a breakup happened, obviously. But, like, I remember that a note that I got from this ex-girlfriend was like, why do we always have to have these intense conversations? Oh my gosh. And in my view, I was like, that's all I want is intense conversations. Like, literally. Yeah. Um, when Karen and I, you know, met and started, I was like, oh, this is perfect because... Uh, first of all, my favorite genre of speech is a sermon. Like, I love comedy, mm. and I do comedy, but mostly I want to be inspired. Like, I will scour the internet for, like, graduation speeches, sermons. Huh. Like, that's my stuff. And so when it's Yom Kippur and she's like, I got to say something big, like, that's – I love Amazing. getting in there. Yeah. And so – and she's very funny. I mean, I would say probably – 50 to 75% of my best, hardest-hitting punchlines, Karen wrote, and without even thinking about it. But How do you anyway. feel about your parenting styles? Um, It might be a little early to tell. Okay. Huh. I mean, you're still in the yeah. what people always said to me first year, yeah. like the keeping it alive yep. phase totally. of just like everything feels pretty big yeah. and uh, yeah. you're just like basic needs, basic needs. How's the food going? How's the sleep going? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like there are times that Karen will be like, why do you think that she's doing this? You know, and I'm like, I literally have no idea. And I think because Karen probably comes at parenthood with a little more expectation. She might know what she's doing because she, like, wanted it yeah. consciously. Whereas I I never thought I would know anything, and I sure don't. <laughs> and so, like, anytime Eloise does literally anything, I'm like, 
Yeah, I have no idea. Who knows? Who knows? And so I think as a result of that, I, I don't question much. See, look how not anxious you are in those moments. That's something that I've been, I mean, knock on, you know, like, listen, I can flip into anxiety in like a <laughs> half a second. But I think you're right. I think that parenthood, at least thus far, has allowed me to be a little less anxious. I was prepared for a lot of anxiety. And I, I, I do have a lot in general. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I don't know. I enjoy, at least thus far, the we do a dream feed you know about this, that, like, you can feed them in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. right. It, different verbiage I think we oh, use at the same sure. time. But, yeah, I understand dream feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, like basically, she starts out sleeping. She's eating and asleep. And I do that because, like, we come home, you know, you and I, I mean, around, like, whatever time. Like, yep. 12, 1, 2, whatever it might be. And, like, a lot of times that's, like, perfect time to just get in there, do a feed, and it buys you, like, four more hours in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah, so I enjoy that I'm able to, like, provide for my family by being awake in that way. Yes, So that's huge. Especially in the beginning when you're really just giving up sleep. Like, you're giving up a a function. And, you know, sleep deprivation is... um, Torture. Torture. I believe it. Yeah, people have said to me many times that newborns... Uh, violate the Geneva Convention. And (laughs) that is the one, I mean, when they're little, that is the one aspect of having a weird night job can really work in your favor because you're like, I'm kind of still buzzing and needing to chill out anyways. Totally. No, I mean, I connected with like bookers when we kind of like figured out our schedule. I was like, could I do the 10, 1030s? Because that'll put me home at exactly the right time. Amazing. Usually I take Eloise to daycare. This morning, I did not do that. I do feel bad about the fact that I did not do that. <laughs> it's just one day. Uh, you, got, you, got, you got many days ahead. I know. They're going to be okay. I know. How yeah. long, how soon into your relationship with Karen did you guys decide to try to, you know, basically put the plan into action to start a family? Right. First date. No. Uh, <laughs> we're lesbians. <laughs> I mean, you know, the truth of it is that Karen had frozen her eggs the day before we met. And uh, whoa, yeah, and, a- and it's not a hundred percent a coincidence because basically, Karen is friends with this friend of mine, Jordana, from high school, mm-hmm. um, and Karen and Jordana were talking through the process of Karen freezing her eggs. And after she froze her eggs, Jordana was like, what do you want to do next? And Karen was like, I think I want to start dating. Jordana, to her credit, I mean, she's a really great connector of people. And she's like, I think I know someone. And it was me. And so that's how we met. And, and like, it was never not part of, of right, that, this sort plan. Of, yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think, like, you know, I do spend a lot of time feeling bad that I'm not doing enough. And then also that, like, I don't know. Like, I had a – here's a shameful moment is, like, during the first, I don't know, like, four weeks or something like that, there was a day where it was, like, she was crying. She wouldn't go down. And, you know, thankfully those have been fewer and far between. Um, but it happened. And at some point I was like, this was your idea. <laughs> and she was like, OK. <laughs> um, That's really fun. I mean, so very typical. Yeah. And also hilarious. Yeah. Because you're just like, it's too hard. It's too hard. It wasn't hard. what I wanted. I know. But, but like – 
I love of course Eloise. Of course. I mean, she's the best. It's you know, it's amazing because I really feel like holding a baby, it does feel like drugs. Oh yeah. Right? With the smiling and the kind of like head bobbing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the no control over bodily functions, like it's pure physical comedy. Eloise is a very happy story to yes, to in your thankfully. relationship because when I um first met your wife at a friend's milestone birthday party, True. um yeah. she was pregnant I think like yeah. 7 months. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And we talked about well, we talked about all kinds of things, but mm-hmm. also that you had both uh, just – you were grieving because yeah. the first yep. pregnancy ended up with a stillborn. Yeah. And that I think for – I mean, I'll just say it. I think for most women, that is the most terrifying. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, and it's – I talk about this on the album, but like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the album is like kind of m- making – uh, the case, as it were, for yeah. me as an anxious person who was always preoccupied with a fear of other people's deaths. And I very much identify that way. Like, I've never I've never not been thinking about other people dying. And yet, this type of a loss was something that totally blindsided me. I had no, I, I mean, no idea to a degree, but like really... It's like, yeah, I guess I thought stuff could go wrong, but the way that it went wrong, it was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this moment that was supposed to be – I mean, first of all, like, I, we weren't prepared for any kind of upcoming labor, delivery, any of that. Um, right. But once it was happening, the idea that it wasn't going to result in a, a live – healthy baby was completely unfathomable. I mean, to a degree that when I think we have video of the moment that Eloise came out <laughs> and my reaction, and I remember feeling like so gaslit by the various like medical professionals in the room because I was like, is she okay? Is she? And they were like, she's fine. Right. They like, didn't, they well, did the not last understand. Time she was fucking dead. So oh my, could right. you just right. like give me a moment because I I don't know. Of course. You know? I mean, Karen's labor this time was, like, oddly easy in this really, like, you know, gift from God or whatever, whoever sort of way. Uh, first of all, she had an epidural. I was texting you yep. during that time. That's right. And at some point, I can't remember if I texted you this, that Karen was like, she, come, she calls me over. She's like, hey, babe, <laughs> everybody... <laughs> should have an epidural <laughs> at some point in their life. Like, full, like, Donald Trump mode. Just like, I got it. And she took a full nap. Yes. Like, two-hour nap. That happened exactly to me. I had yeah. an epidural, and then I was like, I am tired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but mid-labor. And then, you know, thankfully, I mean, it was, like, very, like, almost one, two, three, and Eloise was out. Amazing. Yeah. Once you both... I guess came home. Yeah. After uh-huh. the first pregnancy, was was it the same donor? By the way, did you yes. use the same donor? Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I don't. I just don't imagine what support you could gather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there were there people? I mean, their friends and family came. Yeah. Was there anyone yeah. from the ho- medical community? So, um, 
In terms of the medical community, no. I would say that there was a lot of defensiveness. Uh, Medical professionals kick into high gear when you have a loss like that. I had had a gynecologist appointment through the practice that Karen used for the prior pregnancy just because, like, we were going there and I'm like, all right, sure. Fine. Like, I'll I'll make an appointment. And so they called as a follow-up, like, oh, hey, um, you got to make your appointment. And I said on the phone, I was like, oh, we won't be seeing you anymore because I don't know if you remember, but we are the parents of Leo Pearl, um, who unfortunately died tragically in a stillbirth under your care. And the woman on the phone was like, goodbye. And I was like, what? You know, and it's so that wow. where it's like, I think that there's such a, I guess, like, you know, the fear of litigation or the fear of like, if we say sorry, have we said, have we admitted fault or something like that? Did you ever think about suing them? Yeah, we thought about it. And also we're like, I don't want to live in that. In that. Yeah. Did you feel like did they did something wrong? Yeah. So basically, like, my wife had preeclampsia. Yes. Preeclampsia is um, some or all of bloating and high blood pressure and protein in your urine, which are all signs sometimes of pregnancy itself. And so it can be hard to, like, discern whether something's wrong or if you're just pregnant. It was pretty clear that something was, like, approaching being wrong. My wife had to do a 24-hour urine test, which is, like, the kind of, like, second or third test after you maybe have some high protein. Um, and for some reason, the results of that test took nine days to come back. And basically, like, her protein was, like, through the roof. Um, and she definitely had very bad preeclampsia and, like, could have died 100%. Oh. And so the fact that, like, we didn't know that for as long as we didn't know that and in that time frame was when... Um, Leo probably died in utero, um, yeah, there could be a case made. But anyway, I mean, mostly we didn't want to do it because we Emotional. wanted— Yeah, like we—right. Like the, the, the cost of the suit itself um, emotionally on us and just like do we want to give over the next like however seven to ten years of our life to this as opposed to enjoying our life and— family. You yeah. decided to write a piece around yeah. it that ended up being a comedy special yeah. uh, that you called you know, a very particular experience. A very particular experience, but also like your sh- a, a comedic shiva of yeah. sorts. Yeah. What was going through your head? I mean, I just, it was pretty immediate because I just started in the hospital. Things started happening that were funny. And I was writing them down. Like gallows humor ridiculousness. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I had like a a note on my phone that said way too soon. And it was like all this stuff that was (laughs) happening. You know, and <laughs> wait, <too soon. laughs> um, which was a, a potential title for the album, and yeah. Um, but anyway, so I was doing that, um, and then Karen and I had a conversation, and I know this because she was she videotaped me, um, and she's like showed me that videotape, like right, I forget if it was like right after I recorded or right before or something like that. And she's like, remember this conversation? Like, this is where the the special was born. And it was really just, like, about us wondering if we would ever laugh again. And we're in this, like, 
special corner of the hospital. Yes. With a teardrop on our door. Oh. You know, I'm Are like, you kidding me? No, I'm not at all. It, it's a leaf with like a raindrop kind of. And it, like, I guess that's the the symbol for like these people are grieving. Um, side note, the plumber who unclogged our toilet did not get that memo because he was like, congratulations. Oh, <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So so you're in this like separate corner and all that. And it was just so sad. Yeah. We've always connected via laughing. And I was just like, I don't I can't I can't have us without laughter. And and I just kind of started, I don't know, like just writing and it was hard to workshop a lot of that material because I was like okay well I don't know if I can stink up this room right I have 10 minutes yeah. or 15 minutes yeah. and I have to like introduce all of this mm-hmm. um totally backstory to yeah. see if a joke on it works yeah totally right where your audience is like what right exactly <laughs> it's our Tuesday night uh, <laughs> yeah we're yeah. just from uh, from Omaha having right. a vacation right. or whatever yes yeah. totally very hard to, I know this yeah. is and then you probably uh, did you pass by friends or did you pass by other comics? Yeah. And also, thankfully, I do a bunch of like synagogue stuff and they love hearing about death. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they love hearing about pregnancy loss. So th- those parts were harder. But like. Thank God. The temples. The te- just, I mean, listen, I it's... if you're doing shows, I mean, because, you know, I have bits about like my dad dying, my mother measuring tombstones and like stuff like that. Like that I was able to work out at like synagogues and you know, sukkahs, whatever. Um, Karen wrote her Yom Kippur sermon mm. about the experience, um, and it was amazing. Did so. you find that while you're creating this, mm-hmm. that it, as you're putting it and crafting it, yeah. that you had a more separation from it because you had to? Yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah, because I think, like, once you write the story or the joke— then it kind of lives as its own thing as opposed to, like, the thing that happened. It was very important to me that I did it independent of having another kid. Um, Karen was pregnant at the recording, and we didn't, you know, say that or anything like that, but we knew. You were going to be like, and ta-da, spotlight. Yeah, well, because, like, that was something that I remember. This was through journaling, and now I'm remembering this, that, like, when I was crafting the hour and and just, like, trying to conceive of, no pun, um, like, (laughs) why, how, like, why am I doing this? I was like, I think it's because Leo didn't live, but she did exist. I have struggled so much and continue to with a feeling of, like, I'm not enough in some way. And in a way, am it is the narrative around pregnancy loss that must end with a happy story about another kid, a version of, well, this one wasn't enough. And who am I to tell my stillborn daughter, who I never got to know, like, well, you're not enough and we need another person to replace you. It's like... Not at all. I wanted to fully write something around the fact that this happened and that there could be hope and triumph and laughter and have that be the... The, the full arc. Yeah. 
To my knowledge, you huh. performed like you performed through a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you find performing yeah. as escape or relief. Uh, maybe a little bit. I I did take time off, so it happened November ten of twenty one, and I took off through the end of that year, and so I had one show on the calendar that I kept, and it was three weeks after the stillbirth. And um, it was just like, you know, a really good friend was running the show. I knew I would be able to, like, not do it if I didn't want to, but maybe I would do it. Safe space. Yeah, totally. And and I filmed that set because I was like, I'm just going to go up and, like, say the way too soon jokes. And so that was the first time that I did it. I don't know that I felt better, but maybe better. Better, er. Yeah, yeah. right. Then, yeah. then if I hadn't performed it at all, then. Um, but it was more just like, this is happening. It's going to be bubbling out of me anyway. So either I can, like, not let it out or let some of it out and, like, maybe, you know, release some of the steam right. from inside. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You are touring a lot, from what I can tell yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I, I see it on the socials. Huh? Are you feeling torn? Are you feeling crazy traveling? Yeah. Or 
Yeah. I mean, so, and it's going to kick up even more. Um, <laughs> so I just feel guilty. Sure. That's, yeah. Me too. The guilt is. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Said with a smile. All the time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just to. Please. Conclude. Please. Here is just a couple mm-hmm. rapid fire. And by that, I mean non sequitur. Yeah. You don't have to answer it rapid fire. But a couple of them are, are sort okay. of short things. Yeah. Uh, swaddling skills. Are you a good swaddler? Rate the your The worst. First of all, I think that it's completely criminal (laughs) that they don't tell you at the hospital, like, hey, there's Velcro. You don't need to worry about. Like, it's like they give you that government-issued blanket, like the army suddenly in the bedding (laughs) business or whatever, and it doesn't take a swaddle. No. You know, it's so – and the nurses are like chefs from Benihana. I know. They've done it a cantillion times. They're so good. And then they're like, now you try. And I'm like – this kid's fate can't rest on my origami. I'm going to just say that right now. Like, it's not happening. Uh, secret ambition for your baby. She kicks a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Ah. And so I'm like, okay. Like, because I want to be the parent who's like, I follow your cues. But, like, and also I don't want to be my parents in the sense of, like, and we're going to make you into a career. Right. And so, but in my head I'm like, karate, ballet, <laughs> tap, <laughs> soccer, um, and <laughs> a rocket. A rocket, yes. So I have that. But, like, I really imagine – a secret ambition, like I, ha- I kind of hope she becomes a stand-up comedian. Wow, I really do. Like that's some amazing. kind of like I would love to see her express herself. That's really what Creatively. I want. All right, yeah, creatively. I like that. Liz Glazer, the best. You. Uh, Thank you. People Akira. can, of course, find out about your upcoming tour by yeah. following you. Instagram yeah. is that your preferred? Yeah, yeah. At Liz Glazer. Yes. And check out her special. You will not be disappointed. It's fantastic. Thank oh, thanks, Sophia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, and please subscribe to this podcast. Pass it along to a friend. Tell everyone about it. We want to keep making these, and that's how you help make it happen. We love those reviews, too, so thank you so much. And if you haven't left one yet, go ahead. Get on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. You know, up to you, but that's my suggestion, and leave us a review. For updates and more content, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Parenting is a Joke. On X, we're still there. We're at Parenting Joke. We have a Substack with new content every single week. You'll love it. Go to Substack and search for Parenting is a Joke. Hey, Start your Valentine shopping now. Remember? There's Valentine's Day around the corner. We've got you covered. We've got cool water bottles. We've got reusable Ziploc bags for vegetables, pencil cases, drugs. We've got t-shirts. We've got a lot of other cool stuff. Just head over to prettygoodfriends.com slash merch. Pick up some stuff for you, your kids, your friends. There's also vinyl and digital albums for sale. So buy it all up, people. You can follow me everywhere at Ophira E. Hey, are you in San Francisco right now or planning to go there? Fantastic. I'll be performing at Sketchfest in San Francisco on January 27th with an insane show of stars. Amber Tamblin, Cristela Alonso, Chris Gethard, and Eugene Merman join me. Find out more details on that show and so many more fun shows at prettygoodfriends.com slash 
shows. Oh, and if you want more shows of mine, just go to OphiraEisenberg.com. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our digital marketing is done by Laura Vogel. Our video editor is Melissa Weiss. Our overqualified intern is Jeffrey Kaufman. Thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox. And we'll leave you with a little bit more from Liz Glazer. The truth is, we, we are trying to have a baby, but we did have a stillbirth, which is not funny. But it is true, and it's what happened to us. It happened in a hospital. It's very common, a lot more common than I ever thought. Because it happened in a hospital, the nurses, after it happened, they have like protocols for what to do. And they were like, you know, you really should have a relationship, a physical relationship with the baby. You should talk to the baby, read to the baby, sing to the baby. You should have a weekend at Bernie's with the baby. Okay, and then they showed the movie in case you didn't get it. But um, and if you don't know, it's an Oscar-winning film franchise from the early '90s. But anyway, so they said that that was real, and then they're like, and in addition to all of that, you should take pictures as a family with the baby, which would yeah, it's like shocking and it's like horrifying and sad and and upsetting. And then I felt bad that I felt any of those emotions, but is it terrible that I happen to look amazing in the photos? <laughs> I was like, it's gonna take a lot to crop this kid out of this picture, but I think we're looking at a new headshot. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. Better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.